Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. We have a great episode today with Judge Dave Plachko, a local magistrate. I know I'm saying that wrong. He, he explains to me in the interview exactly what I'm supposed to say. Um, but before we get to Dave, uh, if you're on your iPad or your, your iPhone or whatever, see if you can rate our uh, a podcast, give it a star, uh, give it a couple stars, five stars. Uh, Review it if, if you're feeling so generous. Um, obviously, the more reviews, the better. I'm trying to get this uh, to more and more people. Um, I, I noticed uh, Dave uh, was was liking a, a lot of our posts on on uh, Coal Region Campfire on Facebook, and uh, he was a listener. So I was like, you know, what? it'd be great to have him on. I, you know, we've all unfortunately maybe for a traffic ticket. Hopefully, that's that's about it. Have visited a magistrate, and uh, I was very curious in terms of you know, how they become one, what the job entails. And there's a lot of uh, stuff that maybe is not seen uh, to the naked eye. So it was really good to uh, find out a lot of things. You know, they're on call. So uh, a lot of uh, sacrifice, uh, you know, behind the robe there. Uh, but Dave was very generous with his time, uh, very informative, great storyteller, uh, was very engaged. I know you guys are going to enjoy this. And uh, obviously, he's a fan, too, of the show. So uh, the message here is if you're a fan of the show, you could sometimes be on it. And uh, what, what bigger thing could you want for uh, in life? But before we get to Dave, um, we have a message from his good friend, uh, Darren J. March. He was actually very upset that the sponsor wasn't sitting in on his uh, interview. Um, Darren, if you're listening, uh, you know, you, you might have to take that up with him. Um but if anybody else wants to reach out to Darren, if they have any retirement plans uh, or any retirement questions, Darren's your guy, okay? He works with Raymond James. He gives you an unbiased approach to investing. Uh, you could give him a call for a no, was it no fee? Is that what we're saying here? Yeah, for a free, no obligation review. So he's not going to like telemarket you after you call him and say, hey, um, you know, are you thinking about your retirement plan? You know those guys that they call? Um, I have a couple guys call me right now because I'm an idiot and, and I answer their questions and they're calling me. But you're not going to get that from Darren. Uh, but you could give him a call, 570-640-8010 or Darren Day Dot. Oh, my God. Darren.March at RaymondJames.com. Uh, so give him a call, Raymond James Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC Investment Advisory Services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. And now on to Judge Plachko. All right, we are here with District Magistrate. Uh, what district are you? 21-3-01, and, and it's Magisterial District Judge. Okay. That, that's, Set that so boundary people, right now. People who say that wrong, or is that like an insult? Or to me, it's not. To okay. some people, it is. I really don't mind. You could call, honestly, you can call me a magistrate if you want it. But I think a lot of people would be uh, disappointed if I said that. Okay. Um, but magisterial district judge is our title. All right. Judge for short. Okay. Is, All right. Is fine. And it's Dave Plachko. Just I didn't get I didn't get there yet, but. <laughs> Uh, okay, so when I when I texted you and I said, you know, what do you want to talk about? The first thing you said was erotica. Are we gonna? <laughs> if you want to tell, if you want to tell us about that, we can you know, talk let, about let's that. let's see how the conversation goes. Okay. Maybe maybe we can get around to that. But I, I don't know. That might that might scare some people. Okay, off. I, under, this I understand. Is a, this is a, a 
PG rated. I've, I mean, I've I've listened to a few of your podcasts, and I don't think that subject has been covered. And I okay. don't think it'd be good to be covered or, or, by me. Just, you so. know, I, I always want to make sure that you're you know you're comfortable. So I want to, and I don't want to uh, disappoint our sponsor either. Who's, who is this? Uh, Dar- Darren J. March. Yeah, I don't think is he, he is he going to be here. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't usually come to him, but yeah, he oh. he keeps a tight hold on me. Make sure that I. Uh... Uh, uh, well, it's kind of. So okay, how long have you been doing this for? All right, so this is my twenty eighth year. Twenty eighth year, and how how long is every term? It's a six year term. Uh, you run for election, re-election. Unlike county judges, they run for retention every ten years. We run for re-election every six years. Okay. And when was the last time you ran for re-election? Uh, well, I'm up in 2022, so okay. uh, 2016. So for the common person, like, I don't know a lot about, like, do you have to go to school? Like, okay, so you, you decide you want to run for district magistrate, right? Uh, magistrate, whatever that is. Um, you win. Right. Do you have to go to, like, a school that tells tell you? like There is for non-lawyers. Now keep in mind, there's there's lawyers, non-lawyer, magisterial district judges, MDJs. Um, so if you, if you're a non-lawyer, there is a certifying course that you have to take prior to uh, starting office. Okay, and you were a lawyer before? I was not. No. Okay, no. And how long is that course? Uh, it's a it's a uh, one month intensive, you know, ten hours a day uh, a course that just teaches you things that are very specific to being a magisterial district judge. Okay. So summary procedure, search warrants, uh, criminal procedure, uh, preliminary hearing wise, um, civil law, small claims, mm-hmm. um, our jurisdiction in civil cases under $12,000. So that's your typical small claims okay. court All right. um, and landlord tenant law. So you, you have it, we have a, a, an intensive study just based on those uh, disciplines. And so like what, what would happen? I mean, has, has there ever been judges who haven't like, oh, yeah, there are quite a few over the so years. So, like, you it's, win and then you can't pass? That's or? right. That The seat remains open and, and then there's another election and they have to get somebody to fill it. So, it's who, happened, it hasn't happened around here. Right. Uh, I am aware, however, in, in the past, some judges, you know, taking two or three times to pass it. But you have, I believe it's one year from uh, getting elected to pass the exam. But you can't take office until you get that state certification. Okay. So, like, what happens? So you fill in for the person, or like other magistrates will will, will fill. Uh, they would probably, in a case like that, they would bring like a senior judge in, probably mm-hmm. from outside the area, that would sit in that office a couple of days a week, just so the the case flow right uh, keep keeps moving along. Um, so, but yeah, you'll, you'll you'd have a senior judge a couple of days a week, uh, but we would cover the call and we would cover the days where that senior judge wasn't available. Now, uh, when did you like? What made you decide you want to do this? All right. So this goes all the way back to 1987. Okay. All right. So Christmas. You're 19- a Marzal guy, right? So you're- I'm a St. Clair guy. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I love Marzal though. Marzal's a great town. JD. A lot of great friends. I'm thinking JD. Because you're really <laughs> my cousin JD. Yes. yes. Okay. Right. He's a Marzal guy. My mom's from Marzal. Actually, my mom's my okay, mom's so from that wasn't far. My mom's from Cass Township. Okay. Undefeated, unscored Undefeated, upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a cheerleader on that team. Oh wow. Okay. But um, so um, so Christmas 1987, um. A friend of mine, Robbie Shellhammer, and I were just kind of bumming around St. Clair. And um, at that time, I was—I graduated from DeSales University, uh, which was Allentown College at the same. Went to Muhlenberg. Okay, Allentown College at at the time it was, but then DeSales University. So we'll call it DeSales. So I just graduated from DeSales in 86. And like any other college kid, I'm just bouncing around, trying to pay my bills, trying to find a job in my major, which was public policy, criminal justice type Mm -hmm. of stuff. And uh, I think at the time I was like working for the Stroh Brewery, you know, selling beer. I was a beer salesman, wow. or I might have been selling ad time for the radio. Yeah, I don't know, like, like any other college kid. You know, I'm just looking for my job, 
being patient, biding my time. But uh, my friend uh, uh, Robbie says, let's let's go over to the courthouse for some of the Christmas parties. In the 80s now, keep in mind, it was pretty pretty wide open over there. Yeah. Every row officer had some kind of a Christmas party. So, um, you know, we go over there, we hit a couple of Christmas parties. And of course, at, in 1987, Tim Holden was the sheriff. Sure. And of course, he had the best Christmas party. So, so we stopped there. And um, we're just talking to, you know, the 100 people that are there probably for Tim's Christmas party. And the one guy that I met was a guy by the name of Carmen Perfetta. Carmen worked at that time in the public defender's office. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we struck up a, a conversation, and he told me that he's leaving the PD's office and he's going into adult probation. And I said, so there's an opening in the public defender's office. Great job to have, mm-hmm. criminal justice-based, right where I want to be. Um, he goes, yeah, in a couple months. He goes, it's not going to be for a few months, but there's going to be an opening. So I believe I went right down to the human resources office, filled out my application, and you know, just, just waited. And sure enough, a couple months go by. I get a call from the, somebody in the courthouse. Uh, Dave, your name's on the list for an interview for the public defender's job. I'm like, great. So I go in. I get interviewed uh, by Harry Rubright at the time and, uh, and a few others, and, and they offered me the position. So I started in April nineteen, April 4th, 1988. I started working in the public defender's office. Now, I was an investigator. Mm-hmm. So that job got me into every uh, district justice at the time, every district justice's office, including Betty Lurick here in Port Carbon. She was my predecessor. So, you know, I worked there from 88 to uh, 91, and I got a great feel for the job. Uh, get along with everybody, police officers, lawyers, the other, the other judges, and, um, you know, really enjoyed the job. And then in 1991, Betty Lorick announces that she's not going to seek re-election. And I thought to myself, you know, I think I can do that job. Keep in mind, I'm only 26 years old at the time. Okay. So it's kind of right? ballsy at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 26, you're very young. Um, and so I, th- I, I sought out the advice of, a, of some friends, Tim Holden being one of them, Jack Shander, a good friend of mine, Republican. I'm a Democrat. But uh, I, sought, I sought out uh, the advice, uh, Ricky Tomko, the mayor of St. Clair, Republican, uh, uh, of some close friends, and I asked them, what do you think? And, you know, they kind of scratched their head, and they're like, why not? You have nothing to lose. It's right. an open seat. Don't run against Betty. She was a powerhouse at the time. But Betty was definitely retiring. So I thought, why not? I have nothing, absolutely nothing to lose. So you cross-filed Democrat and Republican, ran on both ballots, and uh, against the, there's three other people on on the on the ballot as well, um, and uh, luckily, um, and with great thanks, I, I won nominations of both parties in uh, in the primary right. election. So then, then I was unopposed in the in the general election that year. So then, in January of of uh, 1992, I, I was sworn into office. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. how was that first campaign? I mean, was first it- campaign was was intense, man. But you know, I'm a, just a couple years out of college. Uh, I played basketball, played baseball. I was always very competitive. Yeah. My family's the same way. My father was very active in my campaign. And, and so, yeah, the first campaign was, was pretty intense. And, and we worked. We banged on every door in the district. Uh-huh. Uh, the district is totally different now from what it was back then. I actually had the east side of Pottsville. Uh, back in 1990, okay. 1991, 92, up to 94, when they created a new seat, uh, which G- Jimmy Riley has now. But yeah, that, that first campaign was rocking and rolling. It was it was active and it was aggressive, um, as were the other my opponents' campaigns. But um, you know, we we worked hard. We raised the money that we needed to raise. Uh, we talked to some very well placed people, Democrat and Republican, 
and uh, you know it, we really ran a, a good campaign. Now, what what's like your what's your campaign like? Uh, what do I call it? Like your platform? What was it like? I mean, do you have one, or is it kind of like I'm just going to do the, a great job? I mean. When you run for a judicial office, you, you can't have a platform because right. we're not allowed to talk about the issues. Right. I can't, we, we can't say, if you're arrested for drugs, I'm going to put you in jail. Sure. You would have to recuse yourself from every drug case because you're... You're right, you're, you're biased. You're, you're right, you're biased, exactly. So, you know, you just want to be, I'll be fair. Uh-huh. People want to hear that. Um, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll always be here. I'll listen. You know, I want to do good for the community. I want to be active in the community. But fair, impartial, professional... You know, uh, they want to hear they want to hear some experience, which I had, you know, four years in the public, sure. you know, three and a half years in the public defender's office, plus four years of education, too. So that was kind of my my platform, education and experience. Now, you're you're a basketball ref, too, right? I'm a basketball ref. Unfortunately, on January 11th, I tore my meniscus. Oh, man. So I haven't refed since then. I'm, that was that was hard on me, man, because I've been refing for almost 20 years. And, uh, yeah, I tore my meniscus refereeing up in Stroudsburg, and um, I haven't ref since. Well, I, had to, I had to give all court? my – Yeah, I was running off – actually, at the very end of the game, I was running off the court. And uh, my knee was bothering me all year. Um, and uh, I'm running off the court, and I just felt it pop. I just, I just felt it going on like, that's not good. And uh, I got a, a, an appointment with Dr. Phillips, Jason Phillips. Oh, yeah, great guy. Uh, great surgeon. Operated on me in 2011. Um, I think I was his second surgery. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they shut me down for the year, so I had to give all my games back. I was looking forward to the state playoffs this year, but— You do high school, right? High school, yeah. Now, do you get more—people uh, give you more shit in, in the basketball court or well, here? It, I get no shit here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, get a, I don't get a whole lot of grief. I like to say, you know, when I leave court at the end of the day, when I leave my office at the end of the day, I like to say, I got a game tonight, and I'm looking forward to the peace and quiet when I get right. out in the court. Yeah. You know what I mean? If yeah. that makes any sense. But yeah, that was like my relaxation. When I say that, people's minds just like go crazy. Right. Like, how could that be relaxing to you? But, you know, I, I love the game. I love the run. It's a great exercise. Um, I prepare myself for basketball games the way I prepare myself for a court case. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you, you got to know the rules. You, you got to know your mechanics. Um, you should know your teams a little bit. Know what to expect. But yeah, the preparation, a lot of it's the same. Um, People don't boo decists that I make in court. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, you don't. I don't yeah, get booed in court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but and I don't get booed too much in basketball either. I, I've been fortunate. I like to think that I work hard. You know, um, I apply myself in a game. I, I hustle. Coaches see that. Fans see right. that. That uh, I'm not just mailing in. I've never done that. Even when I first started doing, you know, like the junior high games, I took every game seriously. And uh, so I think. I think I benefited from that, from, now, just is, from my attitude. This is a crazy question. Let's say you have a, you have a game in this district here, and like you get in, in like an argument with someone like that. Do you you wouldn't do your own like if, if it would like escalate right, or do you have to go to someplace else? Well, yeah, you, you couldn't hear your own. case. Okay, all right. Yeah. I know it was a stupid question. Came, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was close one time to be honest with you too. But but no, that that would. So, that so would, what's that the part of the job of that that right. I guess a lot of people don't realize, like. They may think, oh, you, you know, you're just in court all day. Now, right. before you said you're, you're like on call today. I go on call tonight, actually. Okay. So, so a lot of people don't realize there, there's seven magisterial district judges, and somebody's always on call, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, holidays, every day, there's always a judge on call and available. So tonight's my night to begin call, so I'll be on call 24 hours for the next seven days, so Friday to Friday. Oh, wow. So you yeah, can't go so anywhere. I, yeah, I can't, you know, no, no, no. Mm -mm. It's hard to even cut my grass. Right. You know, uh, so, so it's, it's busy. 
You get called every night. Uh-huh. Um, often, multiple times a night. And that's at 2 a.m., 3 a.m.? 4 a.m., yeah. Midnight, yeah, yeah. Wow. I've had as many as, you know, 30 calls in a week. Really? Oh, absolutely. And if you want, and other guys, you know, can probably attest that they had had more than that. Of course, I've had weeks where I've only had a dozen calls. You know, mm-hmm. that's a great week when you're just getting 12 calls in a week. Uh, but it generally averages around 25, 30 calls. And that's, so you're on call that, so for the whole week, so maybe like, 12 times a year then you're doing it like once a month right there's right okay basically uh no every well there there's seven of us we all take a week so every you're on every seventh week okay so that's the whole county so if someone's in norseburg or wherever zions grove you know so you think out there or do they they come here well it all depends what time of day it is all depends what kind of case it is Uh uh they can't we can opt to have the police bring them here it's not secure enough anymore Right. You know, so I, I, it's usually just a police officer, a belligerent defendant and me. And there's too many instances where things get really out of hand here. Um, so uh, years ago, actually, I spearheaded a movement to start embracing some technology, which nobody ever wanted to do here. Hmm. The older judges were happy with coming out at right. all hours. But the state started saying that, you know, if you wanted, you could take advantage of, you know, technological advances and utilize some of those for your arraignments. Uh, Judge McCluskey was the president judge at the time, and you know, I talked to him about it, and he he agreed. Uh-huh. So let's let's start taking a look at this stuff. So we after after a certain hour, I do my arrangement arraignments from home, and uh-huh. I have I have an app. It's called the Polycom app. It's on my iPhone, um, and I could just hit the app, dials up the screen. The, they take the defendant over to the county prison. Oh. Um, and they'll sit him there, her there, in front of a screen, and we'll do a two-way type of arraignment. It's much more secure, um, and it's certainly it, probably a lot more convenient. As yeah, well, well, that's, well, that's a great idea. Yeah. Hasn't cut down on the caseload, maybe right. has increased it. But, um, but yeah, we've, we've uh, I can't think of the year, maybe two, 2000, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I really started talking about let's take advantage of the, some technological advances that are being offered to us from the state. So uh, we all have a Polycom unit. It's in my office over there. Uh, we have the app. We have to pay for it. The county will pay for it. We pay for it ourselves, but whatever. Um, um, and so we utilize that after. Now, this hour. office, this was here. This is the one that uh, the one who, who Betty Lorick. Yeah, this was here. This office has probably been here for like 40 years. So could you change this office if you wanted to? We just did some renovations. But you couldn't move it, right? You, that. Uh, no, the lease, they sign five-year leases. Um, I always fight to keep it here It's because it's part of Port Carbon Borough. Uh-huh. Um, so so the county's paying rent to the borough, and I'm pretty sure the borough can use the rent money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's convenient. It's somewhat centrally located uh-huh. uh, for my district. Um, so, and it, 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 you know, we get out of it what we need. Now, you're, so you have every six years, you're up in 2022. Is there ever a time before an election where you're like, well, what, what am I going to do if I lose? Oh yeah, every election. You sure, know what I mean, yeah. like, like, yeah, yeah. do you have a backup plan? Or? Yeah, because I would freak I mean, me. I have an education, so I'd fall right. back on that. Uh, I think I've networked a lot over the years. Where sure, you know, I, I made uh, quite a few friends. Where I, if I had to call that chip in, I certainly would. Okay. Um, yeah, but to be honest with you, at the end of my term, you know, I'll be at the end of this term, I'll be fifty-seven. Okay, and I'll have thirty years in office. So, um, of course, I'm. Uh, I'm unsure if I'm going to run again. Right. Um, leaning towards it right now. It's not a decision that I have to make right now. Uh, maybe I'll come back on your show and make my announcement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, but but sure. Uh, 
do I think about not being the uh, not being the judge? Yeah, I probably, I probably think about it every day. Uh, but you know, and would I be concerned? Absolutely, I would be. But hey, like I said, I have an education. I have a great work ethic. I'm not afraid to work hard. I've been paying Social Security wages since I'm 14 years old. I get that Social Security thing every couple of years. Right. Uh, so I know how to work. I'm not afraid to work. Um, you know, so if it now, happens, it happens. Well, now, now everybody you, has to deal with it at some point. You're a St. Clair guy. You're a yeah. basketball player? Thousand yes. point score or anything? Uh, no, no, no. It's like around 800. Okay. Yeah. Could you yeah. beat your brother? No, Johnny. Johnny was he was. Tough, I know, man. I know. Johnny he was tough. He yeah. was college hall yeah. of fame also. He just he was just inducted into yeah. the, the sales uh, hall of fame is uh, down there. I was not inducted. Did into you the hall of fame. I'm down? in the county hall of fame though. The, oh, uh, okay. The Alan Rogowitz. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in that one. Uh, but my senior year, I was the captain of the team. We won. Uh, we won the league. We beat Nativity for the league final, and then we beat Freeland. Oh. Okay. Uh, in the district final. And, and interestingly enough, Freeland no longer exists. St. Clair no longer exists uh, high school-wise. So, yeah. Well, I, I interviewed Michael Paik, and he says there used to be a county basketball game, like, amongst uh... – There was, like, a senior charity ball, which I'm on. Okay. Uh, and Darren's on that as well. Darren Marsh, okay. our sponsor. All right, yeah. He's not here. Yes. Who should be here. Yeah, I, I mean – I'm really on, disappointed Darren. that he's not here. Um, How many points do you like these guys up for in those games? Uh, oh, no, no. We not – no, no, no. This is a different game. The, okay. The county game is, like, a, all the seniors – well, high school seniors, uh, there's that game, but I don't know of any county game. I don't know what okay. he's talking about there. Yeah, he said it was a long time ago because he said he could beat George Alcovich. Uh, Opeg was a pretty tough player. Yeah. yeah, I used to play against Mike. I used to go up in Monterey, play like a lot of rec ball. Uh, I've seen George play though. George is better. Yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. George has some athletic ability. Now, do you and Johnny kids? They have to get that from somewhere. Do you right? and Johnny ever go? You used to go down the St. Clair courts. Johnny and I played a three-on-three -three game. My team against his team, and it did not go well. So in terms that was, of it got heated brothers or? got very heated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, we just decided we should probably just stay on the same team and not play against each other. That was years ago. My partners were Jeff Barnes and Jeff um, Chernis. Okay, and they might be. Little... They're terrible basketball players. They're. Terrible. I was just so disappointed in their and their on their effort. And Johnny had two guys that were pretty good, and, and they smoked us. But Johnny, this was years ago. This was twenty years ago. And you could tell you moved on from it. John, yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny started running his mouth a little bit, and I just, I just took an exception to that. But anyway. So, and the other thing too is you, you play. I see you play guitar sometimes. I you? do. I so do. are you like I, a, an honorary member of the Boys Upstairs? No, or? I have it. Listen, I have a great balance in, in that kind of life. I mean, I have this professional thing, but then I have you know the refereeing, and then I, I do play guitar. The boys upstairs are just generous enough to let me get up there and play a couple songs with them, and I have yeah. a great time. But I actually have my own band, too, called The Quarter Sticks. Oh, where do you guys play? So we're a Shenandoah-based band. Oh, wow. Which is just one of my favorite towns, honestly. And where do you guys play up there? Um, we play Glover's Hill. We played Who's. Uh, we just had a couple of gigs, some private gigs at the Glover's Hill Athletic Club, which is out by the football field there. Um, so uh, Johnny Maymod is in the band. He's our singer and percussionist, and Tyler Savakinas. Dr. Tyler Savakinas is the other guitar player who's just an amazing guitar player. Probably the best guitar player I've ever played with. Huh. Uh, so, so we just get together as a threesome and, and, um, and we play at Mountain Valley sometimes. Right. We play, trying to get some gigs here in Pottsville, maybe to Greystone. Jerry mentions about playing at the Greystone every once in a while, but it's hard to pin him down. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get down well, this I, way I, at some point. I mean, I, I'm sure you're a good-looking guy. You're, you're, well, you're, how, how, what's, you? what's the secret here? Because... If you have a band in Pottsville, I'm, you're going to get a lot of people. Nah, right? nah, from like yeah, like my mom will show up. My well, sisters I'm, and I'm stuff. just telling yeah, you. I mean, yeah. you, 
Nah. What is the secret? I mean, you have a stressful job. I mean, yeah, great hair. I well, mean, thanks. Uh, honestly, I, I go to the gym four to five. Yeah, days I see a you week. there. Yeah, four to I don't five go days four to five days. But. Um, um, I was there this morning actually because I go on call today, so I figured I wouldn't get there after work. So uh, yeah, so I, went, I was at the gym. I work out a lot. Uh, I never eat fast food. I never eat never. Fried, you know, I haven't had McDonald's and I bet you ten years. Oof. Um, I'll do occasionally. I'll do the late night Wendy's taco salad. That's as close to fast food as it gets. What's right. what's the part of the job that you love the most? You know, you can really make a positive impact in somebody's life if they just, you know, give themselves to you. Mm-hmm. Like, like, a lot of people come in here washed out, but they also come in here very defensive. And you, you, like, you can't get through to them. But a lot of people will come in here and they're just like, dude, I need help. Right. So... You know, you, you what you do is just you just steer them in the right direction. You know, I give them a list if it's a drug issue. You know, I get them hooked up with drug and alcohol. Uh, I give them a listing of the uh, agencies that that uh, you know I can refer to, like mm-hmm. clinical outcomes group. They do a great job. Like a Denzia, White Deer Run. You know, right? Yeah, my wife those, works for drug and alcohol. Right, so. I saw that. So, um, um, so you know, it, when somebody comes in here, usually they're at rock bottom and they are just, man, I need some help. Mm-hmm. You know, then you get involved and you just try to move them in the right direction, stay in touch and just just get them going into a positive life. Right. That's very, very rewarding. Um, You know, every once in a while I get that letter from somebody, you know, that says, you know, judge, thank you very much. You put me in jail. I Mm -hmm. needed to go there. Um, You know, stuff like that. I once had a kid um, write me a letter and say, he goes, I've been in court probably 10 times. He goes, I came to you. You let me go. And, and the reason that I let him go is because he's, he, this kid's been beat up by the system for years. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, you're the first one that actually believed in me being a good person. And he just, then he just wrote down all of the things that he accomplished since that day. Got a job, uh, girlfriend, kids, uh, got a promotion, you know, bought a house. You know, he moved out of the area. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think this kid would have been successful. Uh, but you know, it's just a thank you for believing in him. Mm-hmm. You know, kid was probably guilty. It was a minor thing. The kid was probably guilty. But I said, listen, I get it. I said, be better. Make mm-hmm. yourself a better person. That's your. That's 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 the disposition of this case. Make yourself a better person. And he just sit there. He just sat there and looked at me and is like, all right. I mean, I was able to get through to him. That was a great thing. And that was a long time ago. But uh, so so yeah. When you're when you when you can get involved and really have a positive outcome. That's mm-hmm. that's the most rewarding thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So you would almost be like the first step in their judicial process, right? They, they call us the you know, magisterial district judges, minor judiciary. You know, we're the front lines of the criminal justice. So that system. kind of sets the tone. Every case, every case starts here, mm-hmm. whether it's you know a twenty dollar retail theft or a criminal homicide. Mm-hmm. Every case comes through us. So yeah, we're the front lines. You're, you, we're the point of initial contact in the criminal justice system. We put the face on it. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, we have to be firm. We have to be fair. Uh, and, and that's a good balance that we have to strike. Now, n- not just you, with any, any magistrate here in the county. I mean, the county is small, so you know people. I mean, yeah. do you have yeah. to recuse yourself from a case? Uh, I recuse myself occasionally. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I try to keep that to a limit. Uh, I know a lot of people, and I, and I know a lot of people that come here, but they're not, they're not, I don't know them to the point right. that I shouldn't hear their case. Right. You know what I mean? So... And the police are, everybody's comfortable with that. Prosecutors are, are comfortable mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, you know the guy. Well, I'm not, Dave's fair. He's going to do what, what right. he thinks is right. Um, 
we try to compromise a lot of things. We sure. get a lot of speeding tickets. Yeah. You know, and you know, and there's no secret. You get a speeding ticket as long as you don't have a terrible driving record. We'll plead that down to like what we call five miles over the limit. Right. No points. I don't know if you ever had a speeding ticket. Yeah, I but, did. Yeah, that's yeah, what So you plead yeah. it to five over. You pay the well, yeah. the stupid tax. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, you pay a reduced fine. Everybody's concern is no points. Yeah. You know? My son got a speeding ticket years ago up in Bloomsburg. You know, and and he went to court. He put it to five over. Everybody yeah, I did pays the same it. thing. Everybody. It's kind of like a win-win for everybody, I guess. Well, listen, this has been uh, definitely educational for me, yeah. and I'm sure uh, Darren's well, I'm, really going to be thrilled to have you on. I'm a little put off by him. You know? Yeah. I was cranky. I'll, I'm cranky enough to begin with, you know, because I go on call tonight, <laughs> and my knee hurts and, and uh, everything, but, you know, I, you know, I'll let him know. I'll All let him right. know. I mean, I hate to pull sponsors, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do to keep our, our Are guests Are we done happy. already? We're done. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, if you want to keep doing more, I mean, <laughs> we'll have What did on. we cover? We covered, we covered everything, everything. I think. Uh, Hold on. I, I got the well, yeah, go ahead. Keep. Hey, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, see, now we were supposed to get together back around Thanksgiving. We were. And, then and I, I wrote some notes down and wedding congrats. Thank congrats you. you on your yes, wedding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw you now at my wedding. I, that's right. Um, what else here? I had some stuff written down. I want to mention my mentors. Can I still? Yeah, go ahead, like, man. Judge, is... Judge Donald Dalbin. I don't know if anybody remembers him. Uh, ju- There's, that's not Cyrus, right? That would be his dad. His dad, Palmer's, okay. Palmer's dad, Donald. He was a great guy. He was a county judge. Uh, John Jones, federal sure, judge. federal judge. Jones III, Tim Holden, people like that. Judge, uh, judge McCluskey, Judge Baldwin. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Any other notes? No, uh, that's about a couple there. Pass. Well, I'm glad we got together. I'm sorry. So you know, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a great time. And great. maybe yeah, you could be a recurring guest. I can't, I can't believe it's a half hour already. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Th- you, no dead air. You're a natural. No. Thanks, Thank buddy. you. Good to see you. Appreciate good it. luck. Thank you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. As I say every week. And next week we will be back with some new episodes. Again, keep them coming. I'm um, loving the feedback. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Thank you.